Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We could be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to a very special edition of the S&D Podcast Show. Stephen, Dan, and Vin are here today. What's going on, boys? How much? How's it going? Uh, okay, good point. Uh, Vin? Armageddon has happened. The Philadelphia Eagles have to make It's not the first time. Relax. Vin, what's going on? I, it's a problem when I wanted the Minnesota Vikings to win a football game. But unfortunately, they didn't. And now we're stuck with this. So, besides that, things are fine. <laughs> um, I mean, Jay Bruce and Jose Reyes are Mets again. It's a wonderful life. We're bringing back last year's team all over again, just like two years ago. We have started a little bit of a tradition last year with the Super Bowl week, and we've decided to continue it. So it is technically our second annual S&D Podcast Super Bowl preview show with, of course, special guest Joe Cusimano, Weissman, and Errol. What's going on, boys? Why was I last? Why was I mentioned last? Can I just say something? We saved the best for last. Because er, when I look at my board, it literally says Joe Cusimano, Weissman, and Oz Show. Can I just say something? No. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You're the only one. Because Jose's my boy. Yeah, excuse me. Jose's my boy. Excuse me. Excuse me. He's not the only one. Noah Syndergaard looked thrilled to FaceTime him the other day. And I don't know about any of you, but watching the Ahmed Rosario... Jose Reyes, like, Instagram Live was the greatest time ever. There's absolutely nothing like leading off a Super Bowl football <laughs> show with talk of Jose Reyes. Stephen Weissman, you cease to amaze me. Listen, Vin asked right before we started, how are we starting this? So we figured it out. I don't even Jose Reyes. I'm not mad about Jose Reyes. You know what I'm mad about? I'm not mad about Jose Reyes. I'm mad about... Myself spending my Monday night sitting next to Stephen Weissman. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things, we should have did this in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I would have smashed him with a bottle. That's called good entertainment. Hey, boy, I just want to remind you, these two are good friends. They sound like it. Excuse me, Joe, Joseph, Joseph, can you please define good friends for us, please? I love this guy. I really do. I, 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 as much as I want to bash a bottle over his head, if someone else did it, I'd have to kill him. <laughs> don't touch me! I was about to hug you! I don't want to hug from you! You creep! Do Sit I, over there and don't touch me! Do I have to sit in the middle or do. Actually, no, I keep going like this. This, this works. Better radio this way, Errol. You stay to the side. Yeah, just. I'm gonna turn this car right around. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, in all seriousness, it's, it's great to be back with you. This is becoming a yearly tradition that I, I truly look forward to. Yes, we are actually going to change it up a little this year. Last year, we did not raise any money, but this year, we're actually going to do it a little special. So, um, I don't see anybody else joining us at this time, but for anybody who does join us tonight, um, it won't count. But starting on the 30th, when the recording is out on the s and Podcast channel on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also could be found on the s and um, for every listen that we get, uh, we are going to raise $3 to Camp Sunrise in Oceanside, New York, which is a camp to, uh, basically it's for children with cancer. It's a free camp and we're going to donate some money for them so they could give some cool things for the kids and give them some sweet activities for them to do, uh, while they're going through tough times. And it's actually, uh, kids that also 
have had cancer in the past are, are allowed to go there and not just them but their siblings as well so it's kind of a a really cool setup that they have so we're going to raise money starting on the 30th all the way to february 5th at 7 p.m we'll cut it off uh so make sure you're sharing our show it'll be able to be found on facebook twitter instagram uh like i said face uh itunes google play stitcher all other podcast apps including the sndblog.com i think i got them all did i get them all how long until we tell vin that he's muted and that we can't hear him because he's probably talking to us because it's got a little mute thing underneath him <laughs> Yeah, but the two of you love to do. We all love to do that little mute us and never listen again. Oh, like me last week. I did it too last week. The worst is when you actually like. (laughs) Right, you hear yourself. Right, exactly. Um, so let's get right into this, and we're gonna start with the Weissman and Oz boys. Um, the Eagles showed up. To the NFC Championship game. I mean, head coach has already shown up to more NFC Championship games than Andy Reid did. Um, I know he's been to a bunch of them, but what are you guys' thoughts on the Eagles going to the Super Bowl? Well, I'd be more confident in this Eagles team winning the Super Bowl. If Carson Wentz was our quarterback, like I said in the beginning of the season, I was on the Carson Wentz bandwagon from the beginning, and it's a shame he had to go down. And you know what? Nick Foles showed up. I'll admit it. He didn't look good uh, when, in the regular season. But, you know, when it mattered, Nick Foles showed up. The Eagles defense really showed up. You know, good for them. Um, from past experiences, um, when a bully has then become the one who's getting bullied and gets punched in the mouth, well, that, that bully just goes in the fetal position and, and shells out. And that's what the Vikings did. And uh, that's basically what Fletcher Cox and the rest of the D-line did. I mean, that was basically probably the main reason. And then Nick Foles just did the rest. I was impressed. But, uh, you know, good for them, I guess, I think. Not really. But I-, I was impressed with Nick Foles. I mean, he was making, he was taking shots downfield. I didn't think he was capable of taking. And I, I-, I give him a real shot in this one. Joseph. Yeah, guys, I fully expected the Philadelphia Eagles to fall off once Wentz went down, I'm sure. Many, many people around the globe felt the same way. fact of the matter is, they didn't. Nick Foles stepped right into the offense and carried the Philadelphia Eagles. You saw it last week. The guy was right on point. Made all the big throws. I love the Eagles' defense, led by my guy Fletcher Cox in the middle. Disrupting offenses like he disrupted a marriage. <laughs> I would like to state I found that out drunk at an Islander game, and it was one of the funniest things ever. It may or may not have fallen down a flight of stairs because of it. You've fallen down more than one flight of stairs, so I mean... Uh, Yeah, but these I remember. (laughs) What are your guys' thoughts on the Eagles? I Personally, I was very surprised the way they played. I thought the Vikings were going to walk through that game. Um, well, the first drive, Utah was over. Well, yeah, I thought they had a better. I liked their offense better. I liked their defense better. I had much more faith in Kate Keenum than I did in Foles. And after that pick six, it wasn't close. So personally, I was very surprised. But listen, their defense is a real deal. They showed something to me, at least. Uh, they definitely have a shot in this game. But I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they got they've gotten this far. Yeah, um, obviously watching the Eagles a lot. Uh, it's been a great season for them, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> being a big Eagles hitter, but because if you watch that game, they were they were playing two teams out there. Yeah. The, the officiating in that is the other team, right? Was suspect. It wasn't egregious. I mean, they, I, there are well, sure. I mean, this question will go. Like, I hear people yelling, well, "That's a hold." Every, I'm with you, but you're talking about questionable calls that legitimately changed the way that game was. Are talking about the Bouillet play? There's a few plays. There's a couple, yeah, there's a couple. Um, I think it's just Jaguars felt like a cheap suit in the second half. Um, they had a good game. They had a good game, but they became conservative. He couldn't throw a third down pass in the second half to save the life. Oh, it was, I, I mean, that's just, you know, 
that kind of shows to me they will never go that extra mile with Blake Bortles. They will yeah, never you're right, transcend you're right. You say folded like a cheap suit, I say folded like Weissman in a Hofstra bar. <laughs> <laughs> There was one you. You have to find a picture of it. The as he turns the corner to, to get the first down to, to seal the game, there was a blatant hold on the edge. Like I, I, I know exactly I know exactly what player you're talking about. I, like they just said, I mean you can find a holding call in every play. A holding call in every play. That would be on bad one. Oh, was I, you, yeah, you can make the argument, but I mean, the officials just have to think right in general. It's it's not like this was a new thing. It's not like any bad officiating was a new thing. Kirk Cousins wants to go to go to Cleveland. Didn't you hear him? If our Cousins goes to Denver, if I was Denver, I'd give him every penny. Right. They would. They wasted two years, three years of not making the playoffs since going to the Super Bowl because of awful quarterback. Either if Alex Smith, well, I, I don't think I'd trade Smith in the division. That's just, no, they wouldn't do that. But next year goes to San Francisco to Arizona. Well, Smith could go to Arizona. That was. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. I mean, I mean, a good amount of teams. Probably five teams need a quarterback. But those four four guys I mentioned would be available, plus the four guys that are available in the draft. There'll be like options for everybody. It just you have to make the right decision. I, I think it would be I, if I was Denver, a team like Denver, cold weather team, I wouldn't touch. Alex Smith, just because, I mean, you see his numbers when, mm-hmm. right in September and October, once you get to middle of late November and, and December and January, they, they just, he goes downhill. I, I'd be, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, I wouldn't, I, I mean, if, you know, the, Joe, you root for the team that should be calling Kansas City and asking about Alex Smith. Oh, I agree with Kirk Cousins, but if Kirk Cousins does go and take that big, big contract that he wants somewhere else, if I'm the Jets, I'm making a phone call to Kansas City and saying, what do you want for Alex Smith? Joe, what do you think about Baker? Uh, listen, I, everything you hear in this kid, he, he's blowing the interviews away. He's got that swagger to him. He's not my number one guy. But if he ends up with the Jets at six, I'm happy. You can always take the best quarterback in the draft out of Oklahoma State. You can always do that. Errol, this guy's not even going to get drafted in the first round. Errol, who is this guy? You've been talking about this guy on Twitter for months. By the way, Weissman's the same guy who thought that Carlson Wentz was the third best quarterback. Have you watched the Pro Bowl? 
Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is the best. I think he has the best arm. I, I, Not the best. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about Lamar Jackson and you know putting them in it. Out of the two LA kids and him, best arm. Doesn't get rattled in the pocket like Rosen. Best ball placement. Watch the kid. I, I mean, it's just it's on tape. Okay. According to my favorite website for mock drafts, because. Wow. Shut up, Weissman. So right now, this WalterFootball.com uh, has Josh Allen from Wyoming. Josh Allen from Wyoming going to the Jets. Yeah, guys, if Josh Allen from Wyoming ends up on the New York Jets, I'm going to run through the streets shirtless screaming because I will be the happiest kid around here. Yeah. He's arguably the best one in the draft. Josh Allen has a cannon. I don't know why you're saying this kid from out of nowhere has a better arm. In my eyes, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in this draft. Mason Rudolph did not come out of nowhere. He came into this college football season Errol, as a guy Errol, put the pipe down. No, I don't understand. Put the pipe down. This guy did not come out of nowhere in a great year last year. No. Okay, Oklahoma State is nowhere. Wherever you said he went, that's nowhere. Oklahoma State, yes. They were competitive. They were competing for a playoff spot up until uh, they lost that Oklahoma game. That is correct. Where he put up points. The last time, the last time Oklahoma State was relevant, Des Bryant was on that team. That's a problem. <laughs> Didn't Justin Blackman go to Oklahoma State too? Yes, he did. He did. All right, so a couple of jackass receivers. Five hundred yards and five touchdowns and a half. It was against Pitt. Against, you know. I can do that versus Pitt too. Okay, I, I, I'll wait and see. I don't believe you. In the first half. Okay. It's yes, guys, we'll see. I promise you. Where, Steven, I know we can't look at mock drafts, whatever. Where, just where does it have the guy going? Who? Oh, the Oklahoma State kid? Yeah. Let the combine come. Let the combine come. Okay. You would have, you would he would have made like that, you know, how Rashad Penny's stock is going up after that senior bowl. He didn't play. Yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt most of the, he was hurt the whole year. Playing right now, this this mock has Baker Mayfield going 15 to Arizona. And so far, I haven't seen the Oklahoma State kid. You probably won't see him there. Don't worry. Listen, go look at the past mock drafts in, in what, what is it, January, February? Don't worry. He'll be there. I, I promise. I just, I, I highly disagree. Ben hasn't seen him play, but, you know, he got there's a reason he hasn't seen him play. He's not that good. I'm saying, man. <laughs> you see good quarterbacks play. He's not grabbing his crotch on national television, but I guess, you know. Again, I love the swagger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd love that on my team. Yeah, he's not in the first round. You tell me that that kid goes into New England as a jet, beats them, and grabs his crotch at midfield. Excuse me. Excuse me, the fact that he apologized for slamming the, the Oklahoma flag down in the middle of the O at Ohio State. The only thing I was upset was he was he didn't apologize for not taking his dick out and peeing all over the place, too. I don't, I don't see why should that. That's what he should have done. Bakuz is right. That swag that he has is just... He's ready to go. I agree, uh, but I'm not against people from small schools. Like the thing get... is, we we never saw Allen really play because of the whole the whole uh, him playing with Wyoming kind of thing as well. So he definitely has his moments, but he's playing on Wyoming, so he didn't really play anybody worthy of. Oh wow, this guy played this this team, but he obviously has all the tools. Like I said, I think Allen has the best arm, at least. Well, he, he definitely has the best arm. Right. Whether he's accurate, there's people who are questioning his accuracy. Uh, I mean, sure, you can question it. Guys, I just want to throw uh, the l- leading passer in the country for passing yards. Oh, there we go. Second place was 300 yards away. You want to guess who number one was? That doesn't mean anything. You want to guess who number one was? It doesn't mean anything. You know where your boy Baker is? So, so... I think I'll just died. What I'm saying is, 
I can see that he has that like that, that X factor we've been talking about for the past five minutes. He has the second most yards to you know Mason Rudolph. Okay, neither here nor there. Colt running part two coming up. Like Let's go back to the topic in hand. <laughs> so now that we vented about the Eagles and the draft. Let's go back to the topic in hand. Why does Errol not think the Islanders are in a, and the Rangers are in a rivalry? No. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can we not? I'll be here all night with this. <laughs> okay. Back to the, the actual football topic. I'm sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. Okay. So... A little bit back to Nick Foles a little bit. If you since nobody wanted to listen about since everyone decided to go to the draft instead of Nick Foles before. This guy's thrown for two thousand plus yards in a season. He's had big years. It's not like he's some guy who just was sitting there, never did it. Vin, we said it to each other. He's Matt Flynn two point He took a vacation and came back. <laughs> It, it, it seems as though he's comfortable in this area. Obviously, a different system, but he's comfortable with this team. So, I mean, like I said, to get him, unless Carson Wentz and is actually more screwed up than we think, then they're going to have to hang on to him. Um, ne- the key to the Eagles, in my opinion, is the thing that hurt the Falcons last year. The Falcons were able were not able to go into halftime, have an extended halftime, and be ready to play in a second half. The Patriots used that advantage of being there a billion times to the advantage. Can the Eagles deal with a longer halftime show and get through it like the Falcons couldn't do last year? That's the biggest question to me. Uh, it's all we've seen it. We saw the Jaguar game. It's all about the adjustments, and we've seen it in every super, the last two Super Bowls the Patriots have won. You have to obviously play perfect as a Super Bowl, but you can't be the one to to blink because the the Seahawks blink and it cost them the game on the goal line. And obviously the Falcons blink when they could have just taken three knees field goal, and it cost them the game. So I mean, they, they don't panic and they wait for you to panic. Well, yeah, the Eagles cannot get their leave their foot off the take their foot off the gas pedal. They just have to literally kill them. We've, we've seen, like I mentioned before, we've seen it the last 17 years. Every time team plays the Patriots and decides to not keep on going and keep on putting the dagger in their heart, all hell breaks loose, and Tom Brady and the company decides to find a way to pull it out. We've seen it millions of times. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's not not Case Keenum. It's not the Atlanta Falcons who are a little nervous or making dumbass plays because their offense coordinator is drunk. It's the New England Patriots. I hope his offense coordinator isn't drunk. He's got to coach our entire team next season. Oh, oh Atlanta, Atlanta. I thought you said the Vikings were making stupid plays. and. I wouldn't blame that on but that's But I really think I think with the whole evil situation right now, they're loving the underdog situation. And they're gonna be playing with loose and ready to go. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they can handle the punches that New England feels out the first couple of uh, series. Pretty much what happened in the against the Vikings. They gave up the first punch, but acted like nothing happened. So, can they can they do that again? So, after a nice little preview of the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, um, before we get into our predictions, Saturday night is, NF, right? Saturday night is the honors? Yep. Alright, so let's go through that's postseason numbers. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if you bring up numbers for NFL.com for postseason, Nate Perriman, Nathan Perriman is the only quarterback that comes up. Okay. <laughs> it's funny because he's the only one who actually has a is a rookie who has a stat. Wow, that's what it is. So where do we want to start, boys? 
I don't know. When do you guys decide? Should we go? I'm gonna have to go from defensive. Go, you go up from there. Yeah. I'm down with it. Which way are we going? Defensive rookie and go up with it. On the list I sent you. Are we going by the list I sent you, or are we going just by what Weissman just said? We could do rookies, then... How about coach, then rookies, then players of the year, then MVP list. That works for Yeah, that works. Whatever you guys want. Yeah. Okay. Weissman and Oz, boys, when are you starting off? Ladies first, Steven, do the honors. Can't wait to hear. Oh, Jesus. Is Kuz still here? Or did he off himself? Danny, Ben? Uh, I'm going, obviously, with McVay, where, like everybody else said, it was a completely nine-day situation from uh, Jeff Fisher to where it was this year, and they were able to open up the offense. So, And the record said it itself. So it was very interesting to see, can they keep it up for the upcoming years? Well, we shall see with that. But I think McVay this year was second to none, definitely a coach of the year. Vin? And another, another one that would be a dark horse would be Marona as well, obviously. Just took the words out of my Yeah. <laughs> I'm, listen, it, to me, it's Doug Marone. It's like uh, Errol said, and uh, you guys all said, the Rams had talent. And I guess the Jaguars obviously had talent too. But uh, to try to go a little bit more off the board, I'm going with Marone. He led that team. They both had the same turnaround. They both jumped up seven wins. Uh, Jaguars have had three last year, the Rams had four, and they won 10 this year, the Rams won 11. So, I mean, it's a pretty, it's the same equal turnaround. And I think I expected less of the Jaguars this year than I did from the Rams. I'm actually going to agree with Vin. I'm going to agree with Vin on this one. Doug Marone, um, I mean, the talent's been there on defense. They added some pieces. The quarterback's still terrible, but they, they literally just lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And a game that they could have won, too, no less. Like, they were in that game. Whether people want to believe it or not. They were winning that game. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Doug Marone, Coach of the Year for the year. Right, right, right. But, I, but if I told you before the season started that the Jaguars would barely lose... Right, right, right. I know that. But if I told you they were going to win the AFC South, would you even believe me? No, not at all. Exactly. I don't think anybody we picked for the divisions won. Probably not. And the Patriots. We all nailed the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go defensive player of the year. Rookie of the year, yes. I'm going to start off with... No. Oh. Wow, I should jump in right in. I like it. Hey. With 52 tackles and 5 interceptions, Marshawn Lattimore is going to win defensive rookie of the year. I mean, that Saints defense, uh, what, 11th ranked in the NFL? This guy's no joke. you got to go Lattimore here. I don't know about you guys. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> it from... A macro perspective, I mean, it would be like, you know, you could throw out Carl Lawson, you let, you know, most uh, sacks among rookies. Um, you know, you can throw out a defensive lineman out there because we know, you know, J.J. Watt had a great year. T.J. Uh, Watt, excuse me, had a great year. But from a macro perspective, I mean, he was the engine that made that defense go, Marshawn Lattimore. So I, five interceptions, you know, the stats are nice. But, um, 
it's Lattimore. It's uh, it should be Lattimore, and it, yeah, that's my thing. I'm gonna go off the board from the both of these two. Okay, I'm gonna stick with the position. But I'm going up north to Buffalo. Tredavious White is my pick. 69 tackles, a forced fumble, four interceptions, 18 passes defended, and the biggest of all, Buffalo ending a 17-year playoff drought. And one elbow to the head. (laughs) (laughs) Did he? Too too soon. Steven Weissman is trying to cover up right now who he picked for all these awards. As if I don't have my picks written down with my notes here. Steven Weissman, I'm going to go out and copy Steven Weissman. Excuse me, let's give a little backstory to last year's... uh... Excuse me, while you stared at Joe's paper while he was writing everything down. If I remember correctly, he had to go into another room. All right, so I'm actually going to go back to somebody else that Errol mentioned earlier. Um, 54 tackles, seven sacks this year, eight pass deflections, even at a pick, and a forced fumble. The Watt boys know how to play defense, and I think TJ may actually end up winning this award this year for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm going with uh, with Lattimore as well. I was just looking um, at the pro football focus grades on corners. They actually have Tredavious White ranked second, uh, number two corner, like in football. Uh, and Lattimore was number five. So both very high grades, very uh, good corners. But I like Lattimore. The, the, the turnaround that that Saints defense had this year, I think, makes them stand out a little bit more. Um, I'm gonna go with Vin. Um, one game that Lattimore didn't play, you could just tell how different defense and how he's played the whole entire season. Uh, that's why I'm going to Lattimore. But obviously, the guy from Buffalo had a fantastic year. But I think it was a st- it's the same tier for rookies. Uh, with that being said, I'm gonna go with the rookie of the year for offense, and it's obviously Kamara. Obviously, I, I would I would assume. This is an interest. This is an interesting one because if you really look at it, there's a bunch of guys that. There's a couple. A bunch of them. Uh, maybe you can go Hunt, but. Juju. Kamara, Juju, but Kamara was just a stud every facet of the game this year. Whether it was a return, whether it was a long run, long catch, Kamara made made any play possible this year for them. So I'm going with Kamara for offense. I mean, I am also going with Kamara. Um, he made impacts on games, and that that's that's the biggest thing with him. The limited opportunity. He might have not gotten the five car- uh, like fifteen carries in the game, but every carry he or catch he had was an impact from the play. And think about it. He was he should have been the third running back on that team at the beginning of the season until AP got traded, or they found out AP sucks, and they're like Kamar is only five better. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the uh, same pick, Kamara. Ran for 728 yards. Caught uh, clean one bowl. Scored a total of uh, 14 touchdowns. He ran a kickback for a touchdown as well. Uh, it's, I mean, this guy had a crazy year. I know uh, Kareem Hunt also had a great year, but I'm going Kamara. But Kareem Hunt also had rough games that was just like, wow, is he, he, where, is he even there. on the field? Like the I'll, I'll never forget the Giant game. I'm texting Steve, like, is, is Hunt even in this game kind of thing? Like, they should have gave him the ball 50 times and they would have beaten the Giants that game. But then you read also dumb, because if you were to give Hunt oh, yeah, the ball in the playoff game, they would have won the game. Oh, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, that's a number of times that Andy Reid decided not to give him the ball. Anyway. We can go through we can go through a list of if Andy Reid did things for the next six weeks. Definitely. Boys, you guys, I'm with you here on the Camaro pick. 120 rushing attempts, 728 yards, eight TDs, another 81 receptions for 826 yards and five touchdowns. Let's not forget, most of the year he was in a two running back system behind Mark Ingram. Oh, and the first few weeks of the season, like you guys mentioned, with AP over there. What the guy did, he was a game changer for the Saints. 
Yeah, Joe, you alluded to something I stood out the most to me. Um, he had 600 less rushing yards than Hunt. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Hunt had 150 more rushing attempts when he was the sole back in that in that offense. So, and then you know the the all purpose yards obviously mattered to me. And six yards of carry. I mean, that's just like that's just unheard of. Come on, and this one was even Stephen. Uh, not in the sound words. I mean, this one was. I mean, there were a lot of good choices, but this one was just easy. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Kamara too. Someone who I really wanted to go with was Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Because he only played seven games, I'm not going to go with him. But, you know, he had a chance to probably bring this Texans team to uh, the playoffs. But with 19 touchdowns and 8 interceptions, 1,700 yards, Watson had a great season until. But yeah, I'll go with Kamara. It probably would have been Watson if he didn't get him. Right, it's... it's... I mean, you go first, Danny. Alright, I'm, I'm staying with the same team, but I'm going with Clay as Campbell. 14, 14 and a half sacks, and he was just that force and that leader, leader, uh, veteran leadership that the Jack, young Jaguars defense needed. Um, obviously, we saw an AFC Championship game right there, and he was always a still with the Cardinals, and I think he finally got his leadership. You know... This is going to hurt to say it, but another guy had 14 and a half sacks this year um, down in Dallas in a contract year. Had a huge year. He ran around the offensive lineman like it was nothing. And Demarcus Lawrence, I thought he was a force this year to be reckoned with. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboy and take Demarcus Lawrence as the defensive player of the year. Flip to the offensive side of the board. Uh, Do you want me to start so I can't get accused of stealing? Yes, yes, let's do it that way. Okay, Steven, maybe you're going to steal my pick when I tell you that Todd wasn't going to tell you. Okay, is that Todd Gurley had over 1,300 rushing yards? 
another 788 receiving yards, 19 total touchdowns, led the league in yards from scrimmage to the number one scoring offense in the league. Oh, and the guy scored 114 points, leaving the NFL scoring for non-kickers. I mean, is there a debate? I mean, is there? A de- do you guys actually have someone different? Because I mean, no, I don't. No, you got two thousand yards from scrimmage, and it's yes, too obvious. Two thousand ninety-three yards from scrimmage, nineteen touchdowns. I, it, it's clear he was the best offensive player in the league. Stephen Weissman is sitting here, angry. At me. Oh, he was. I'm just saying, girl. Who's, who's this Todd Gurley player you're talking about? Todd Gurley. I lost with him at that game. First one. I lost. Did you say? Alright, so we're all going Gurley, right? Yeah, Gurley cool. across the board on this one. Yeah. Gurley, like the guy sitting to my right. <laughs> I don't lose on a girl. Right. On my left. <laughs> you killed yourself on that one. Come on, you killed. Wow. Carson Wentz. Wait, 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 can we go back a second? We gotta go back a second. Do you really feel threatened by him? Yeah. He, right now, he's a threat to my national security, and I'm almost <laughs> If he does that spin in his chair one more time, he's getting hit. <laughs> Are you done? Is there anything else you want to say on Carson Wentz before I cut in? I'm good to Yo, go ahead. We figured that one out already, Stephen. <laughs> uh, are you are you guys sure I could go? Errol, Steven, you alright? I'm not gonna copy your pick because your pick is garbage. Mr. Tom Brady in New England. Over 4,500 yards leading the NFL. 32 touchdowns. 102.8 passer rating. The guy is the best. He's gonna win another Super Bowl. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, Joe, something you didn't mention, his most valuable receiver, not named Gronkowski, went down before the season started. And it's like it, it didn't even matter. Um, boys? Yeah, I'm going Brady as well for the oh, I, I was talking to them, but they were about to hit each other. Well, this guy's trying to rip my note sheet up out of frustration. <laughs> he's, uh, he's frustrated that the guy to his left, okay, right, from left, is better than him. <laughs> I'm Brady. You're Wentz. Get used to it. I think backward. Yeah, Tom Brady MVP. I, I think we need to like. I don't know. Nope. Don't even. Don't even suggest it, Vincent. Send them a babysitter next time or something. Like, That's what Errol's there for. Right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're not paying you for this, Errol. You're terrible at this babysitting thing. I was a babysitter once. Once. No. <laughs> Those poor kids. <laughs> jump in i really wanted to pick carson once me too but after the injury and that basically Foles stepped in with almost i mean there was obviously they were a different team but it was tough to um to tell last week that they were in different team and nick Foles didn't really get a chance they weren't they weren't playing for anything they clinched everything after one went got hurt if Winston didn't get hurt i would have gone with him but what Brady's done at his age without his best receiver, like, I mean, all the points you guys said, and it's just, he literally hasn't lost a step. It's the best. No 40-year-old quarterback had ever had a winning record. The guy's going to win an MVP in his 40, 40-year-old year. It's unbelievable. He's not only going to win an MVP, he's going to win his fifth Super Bowl MVP this Sunday as well at 40. Like, 
It's insane. And this isn't just because of the Michigan background. This is because he's 40 years old and made it look like he's 26 still. Like, he's just tossing the ball up in the air and everyone's coming down with it. He had, like, one bad game the whole season. It's all about the avocado. He doesn't eat um, tomatoes. That's the big thing. How kind of human being is he? Uh, guys, I'm not a big fan of tomatoes either. <laughs> no, apparently, he doesn't eat them because it's bad for you or something. Excuse me, he's also a robot. I mean... I mean, look, we, we, we established this, Vin. He's a robot. Anybody who gets hurt in the state of Boston becomes a robot. Gordon Haywood's leg went in seven directions three months ago, and now he's shooting. For sure. <laughs> anyway, um, are we going with Danny going with Brady as well? Yeah, I'm going with Brady for the obvious reasons. Uh, Carson Wentz, if he played three games, he would have gotten it. Uh, but Carson, but Pete, I'm not Brady was just absolutely Brady this year. Like you guys mentioned, only one game. And he, last year, he missed four games, and he won it. Almost should have won it. So Brady's just a machine. Uh, just another year, another MVP. And he's going to get his fifth MVP for the Super Bowl. And- it's going to be really interesting, though, to see how the voting comes out for the league MVP. Because I want to see who actually... There's going to be people out there that are going to give wins first first. Right, no, 100%. I want to see, like, how close is it to the fact of he could have won it if he just played three more games. It's also the NBA kind of thing as well with Brady, obviously. We all know the MVP of the NBA is usually LeBron 90% of the time. Obviously, he doesn't win it 90% of the time. But you know how that is. Right, to that point, he's only won. I'm surprised to see that he's only won two MVPs. 07, obviously, one of the greatest offensive years ever. And 2010, he won an MVP. It's just, I mean, he's had other MVP-worthy seasons. This just didn't, you know, break his way. Could we talk about how the guy's doing it still at 40 years old? He's a robot. There's no way he's playing the 45. He'll either be single. This woman does everything she can to get him out of the league. He's going to be the one that... She's going to catch all the balls in this game anyway, so it's okay. She tried to get, kick him out, like, basically get him suspended with the concussion thing last year. She apparently is, like, <laughs> was um, uh, campaigning with Jay Feely to get him to, to, to convince Brady to retire. Like, this, his wife wants him out of the league. He'll be out in, like, the next two years. I want him out of the league. Different <laughs> <laughs> The, everybody in the AFC East wants him out of the league, not just... So that's the thing. It's not even the AFC East. It's the AFC. I mean, how many AFC championship games was that? That was his 12th out of the 17 seasons that he's played. On yeah, seventh in a row. Un- just unbelievable. That's like... The NBA, is, we're used to it because it's LeBron and Jordan and Lakers. And we, the, you know, the Russell's... We've seen it so many times. You don't see this. Really, it's unbelievable. Right. This is. It's like. It's a video game. It actually is. It's like watching Cord play NHL. It just really, the, <laughs> the same thing just keeps happening. I had to get one in there. I had to get one in there. What time is it? Wow, it's already after nine. All right. So the main event time. Are we going to let him go first because we know Joe's copying his prediction? Yeah. I have a question for Weissman. I have a question for Weissman. I'm not going to answer. Let's go Did you come back over or under how, with how much you left? Yes. <laughs> I hear Joe slamming on the table. Yeah, especially the off-air story he told us. Anyway. Score. <laughs> Are you going to predict the game? Patriots, 24. Now, quick question. If Carson Wentz was out on one leg, what would your 
Kobe. Eagles. Oh, jeez. 27. Wow. Four. You're not allowed to call yourself a Giants anymore. You, yeah, you have an exciting look the way old men look at strip, you know, strippers in the strip Carson club. Wentz. You're talking about Carson Wentz. Are you one? Like good Carson Wentz would win the Super Bowl. Okay, great. Yeah, okay. Do you want to go next? Do you want me to go, Errol? Why don't you take it? I don't know. Under no circumstances will I ever, ever pick the city of Philadelphia doing anything. But in all seriousness, I mean, Nick Foles and Doug Moreau, uh, Doug Peterson, who I don't, still do not trust, against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I mean, it's like, a, it's like you know, an easy math question. Come on. Uh, we know how this one's going to end up. Gronk looks like he's going to play. Matt Patricia's going to, and Belichick are going to come up with some sort of scheme to just make Nick Foles look like Nick Foles again. And, you know, all the talk of the past two weeks, how the Eagles have a chance, it probably will go down the window. Uh, the defensive line for the Eagles scare me, but, you know, Brady gets the ball out of his hand quick enough in order to negate that. So, give me the Pats. I don't think it's going to be a 10-point game because history tells us it's going to be close. Pats 24-21. Wow. Um, I'm not going to get that deep into it. I'm going to sit there on Sunday. Uh, I, I'm going to wear some Philadelphia Eagles stuff. Uh, I'm going to wish I was standing there at Jim Stakes in Philly. But at the end of the day, for me, it's 27-20 New England Patriots. Do it again. New England Patriots. Go, Vin. Crew, um, I it, it kills me to pick the Patriots again, just because I really I would rather somebody else win, but I think well, they're clearly the better team. I think they, um, they know Belichick knows this is kind of his last run. He's losing both his coordinators. He's obviously the you know the great one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, but those two coordinators do make a big difference. He's never actually won a Super Bowl without Josh McDaniels, even though the first one, McDaniels was like a water boy or something like that. He's never won a Super Bowl without Josh McDaniels. Um, There'll be a change next year. Brady's not going to be around much longer. I'm going 24-17 New England. Danny? All right. All right. Well, the season, obviously, for... New York Giant fans have been an awful season for all of us for the longest time. Uh, I hope to God the Eagles blow a lead this year and the Patriots find a way to pull out a win like they always do. Uh, I say the I say the Eagles cover, but they are gonna lose in a last second field goal, and they are gonna lose uh, twenty to seventeen. There has never been a year, this is an interesting one, where Nick Saban has won a national championship with Alabama that Belichick has won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. That changes this year. This is going to be a close game. I think a lot of people expect it to be low scoring, but I actually can see the score being up there in the... 30 to 27 New England Patriot victory this Sunday in Minnesota. Now, one more kind of interesting fact like that. I don't know if you guys heard of the jerseys. Oh, um, yeah, the white, the, the 12 out of 13. Right, the, the white is 12 out of 13, but the one time the colored jersey won was the Green Bay the Packers. Packers. So, the green connection could be on the Eagles' side, although also that's just a stupid thing. But... Interesting fact. I hope I don't play the sound of darkness after the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I'm just going to switch my TV. So, so my biggest problem with if the they win is there's nothing that annoys me more than when you hear a Yankee fan be like, but we have 27 rings. Like, that's literally going to be Giant fans to the Eagle fans, but we have four. Yes. <laughs> so. I'm not going to be like that, but it's going to be like that from other fans. I just want the Patriots in its rule record to be six. The Giants. I just, want, I just want the Eagle fans to destroy Philadelphia because they 
They're not Vancouver. They actively, they literally acted like they won the Super Bowl last week, and it's like you guys got one more round. Like act like you didn't. I just. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter what happens in this game, this city of Philadelphia is getting destroyed. True. <laughs> I I just want to know who whose genius idea was it to put Vaseline on the poles to to prevent them from trying to climb them. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna help. So Weissman did lose Super Bowl to so the Packers and the Bears. I'm just throwing that out there. And the Giants twice. Yeah, Vin, Vin, do it twice and then come talk to us. Anyway, I beat Parcells. Yeah, that's pretty Belichick. <laughs> you beat the combination of the two. Also, it's like just, this is true. I oh by the way, what what. Thursday night, yes, that is going to be awesome, that 30 for 30. Weissman, you got anything to plug over there? Yeah, uh, I mean, Weissman and us, on 95 Sports Network, every Friday from 1 to 2, no, 2 to 3. Oh, almost had it. Oh. Did one of them just, like, throw something? Uh, somebody's headset got thrown at somebody else. I, definitely I was very that. angry, I threw my phone on the team. Okay, got it. Did you break it? <laughs> Every You have a show coming out. <laughs> oh, this is true. Okay. So, so, so Stephen and I will be taking on a country music radio show on the oh boy, on the Ram Radio. Ram Nation. Farming now, sorry, Ram Nation Radio. I'm about to rip him in his head. Um, you sound like you're, the, the excitement there is just... Well, he just knows that he's going to be, you know, by himself for five minutes with Stevens on the band. Huh. <laughs> yeah, well, at least then the show will be listenable. So, do we have any... The hell is... Is there a dead witch dying over there? <laughs> she must be watching Summer Catch also, Ben. So, like we said, for all of you that are listening, or probably not listening anymore, um, <laughs> God bless you. Please share the show. We are raising money for the next week until the 5th of February at 7 p.m., uh, $3 to Camp Sunrise in Oceanside. Uh, to, like I said, it's to help children with cancer. It's a camp for kids with cancer and their siblings. Uh, it's actually a free camp, so the donations go to getting them new activities and things to do at the camp that are, of course, kid-friendly and help them have, help them have a good time during the summer. Um, they all deserve it. They're all fighting a battle or have fought a battle and deserve nothing but the best. Um, what else we got? Yep. Share it, listen to it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, SNDblog.com, uh, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
all those fun apps. Uh, just please help share our show also and help us raise money for this uh, this great cause. Um, Danny, Ben, anything else to plug over there? Uh, I think that's good. Uh, Joe? Joe, thank you. I'm because the only other thing I have to plug is my fist in Stephen's mouth. So let's get to the end of this. On that note, Thank you very much to Joe Cosimano and the Weissman and Oz boys for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Um, Wilton Speak, please stay away from He's He already transferred, genius, but thank you. No, actually, if Shea Patterson's at eligible, he's coming back. No, he already transferred. He's gone. It doesn't matter. Dylan McCaffrey for MVP, Heisman Trophy next year. Heard it here first. Dylan McCaffrey for Heisman Trophy. You heard it here first. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty!